Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Around the NFL podcast is making money moves. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room that is just teeming with heroes. They are everywhere. Mark Sessler back from overseas. Chris Ooh. Wessling wearing a velvet smoking jacket. Colleen Wolf right in the middle of the action. And Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, people? Hey, Dan. Whoa, big full house. Welcome back, Marky. Thank you. Good to be here. You missed look, you. You look refreshed. We missed you as well. You look tan, too. Uh, that's from yesterday, sitting in my yard. Ooh. Not from anywhere else. <laughs> Falling asleep Fair. in my yard. Actually. What do you think about Wes trying to upstage you with the velvet jacket on your big day back? This I mean, be about you. Mm. Wes is uh, <laughs> the, sort of the uptick in Wes's fashion collection has been marvelous in general. So I, I think it's I approve it entirely. I like that you're, there's there's something to you right now. I don't know if it's just a little subdued or just a man at peace, but there's my dog Mark with a C. There's something. There's something I, uh, there. Honestly, right it was I. I was talking to Colin before. It was about this morning that I did not feel entirely mentally um, broken from the jet lag I suffered on the way back. So I'm still it's crawling quite, out of it. How much? How long was the flight? What are we talking here? The flight was, I mean, I feel like it was in airports and airplanes for like 16 to 17 hours, but it's a nine-hour time split, and there was not a lot of sleep that happened for anyone the night before we left, and mm. so it was mm. that sounds a exciting. bit of a rugged departure. Well, put it this way. Carlos Dunlap was going wild that night. Carlos Dunlap is a good guy. He, <laughs> he's, he could do whatever he wants. A little later in the show, we are going to uh, find out more about Mark's USO trip that took him to Italy. And Germany, those two locations, correct? That's, that's the two. I have not been to either <laughs> country, but they both seem wonderful. Uh, and uh, the, a press conference with Mark Sessler about his USO trip. So get ready for that, Mark. <laughs> I, I'm going to prepare right now. Let's okay. Go. Uh, also, today's show, uh, we are going to talk about uh, Khalil Mack. He wants to get paid. There was a, uh, a notable slash controversial offensive lineman 
who announced he'll be stepping away from the game. Uh, and with the draft now, I don't know, three weeks, three weeks from tomorrow, right? Two Wait, weeks? less than, yeah. Two weeks from yeah, tomorrow. Two weeks, two weeks. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we figured <laughs> we better bone up, uh, uh, especially with these big quarterbacks in this draft. So we're going to go through these big names, starting with a discussion uh, on Sam Darnold with Roto World's Josh Norris, who I always mistakenly called John Norris, uh, <laughs> the former MTV VJ. Uh, but no, that is not his name. And I don't think they're related. Josh Norris on the show, a former colleague of both Greg and Wes's. That's true. Brick by brick. And a colleague of Kay Adams. Okay. Ah. NBC's own former NBC employee, Kay Adams as well. Yeah. Now an NFL Network employee. Mm-hmm. Was on Good Morning Football yesterday, Josh. But I would assume this would be a much bigger platform landing mm-hmm. spot for him in his mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But before we get to that and we get to Josh, we will do some news. Oh, it's good to have the team back together. Let's go, Lindsay. Tom, the history is no, very rich no. here. Buck. He'll what give the me heck? A Dan, what the? No! <laughs> this is an outrage. What? I can't curse, and this is awful. Why, more, why are one, you so offended? Wait, by one it? more time. Like no, a, no, 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 no. A normal cut. Let's Nobody hear it. Nobody needs that Well, we again. couldn't hear it because you were just yeah, yapping over it. One more time. Tom, the history you is so much. very rich here. Buck Hill, give I'm me a little background myself. on it. <laughs> I hate you. That, of course, is uh, Colleen in her younger years uh, <laughs> when she was employee for the Pocono. The history is very rich Damn it, Lindsay. No more. I should say. Pocono what? The Pocono Tourism Board. <laughs> Let's look it up on YouTube. Visitors, you can find you know, this online. Like, yeah, that's great. I did get, these are the skeletons that I have. I wow. tweeted out. I did get a text uh, from your husband, Gonzo, privately encouraging any more no. uh, talk about it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he encouraged, encouraged. it fully. That's the only reason this happened, well, really. There will be an inquisition as soon as I get home. <laughs> like, this is this is a room full of people, probably a, almost a nation full of people, that know so little about Buck Hill Country Club. <laughs> How else are they going to find out? I hate, I hate you guys. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into the news. Nice course, though. Very scenic. Uh, Gotta love the Poconos. Uh, the history oh my is God. very rich here. <laughs> I'm leaving. Very I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm not doing the up to the minute hit. I'm not doing the rest uh, of the podcast. Uh, did I tell you, Lindsay? Did I tell you it was going to fire her up? I told you. All right, here we go. Raiders pass rusher Khalil Mack. A no-show this week for the start of the Raiders' voluntary workouts. Uh, guy wants his money. He's slated to earn $13.8 million under the fifth-year option of his rookie pact. He wants a big-time deal. He wants to get paid like a quarterback, uh, Chris Wessling. Uh, do you think Khalil Mack is that level of player? $65 million in guarantees? That type of guy? Yes or no? First, nice use of packed. I like it when you just read straight from the copy. And I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, uh, <laughs> you're packed. That happens. Packed like the, when you have to do contract for the third or fourth time oh, in yeah. the story, you got to go packed. Oh, Deal, yeah. contract, <laughs> packed. you got to throw yeah. them all in there. Uh, I, I don't think he's quite on Von Miller's level, and Greg might disagree with me. Raiders fans might disagree with me. But I think Von Miller's the better player, and $65 million seems mm. like a good amount because it's a little bit less than Von Miller, who signed two years ago. That makes sense to me. I fully expect Aaron Donald to get more than Khalil Mack or Von Miller. Isn't Von Miller maybe a little overpaid? No. No, I totally agree with you. I think Von Miller 
it, I don't know if he can be underrated because everyone knows Von Miller is great, but I think he is the top at that position and clear, clearly the top. And he does it year after year. There was a thought that maybe Aaron Donald's going to wait for this contract to come out because he is clearly, I would say, worth more than Cleo Mack. And if the Raiders happen to be uh, handing out money to players like they did to John Gruden, they could set a pretty high bar for, for Donald to follow. It's an interesting test for Gruden you know, to deal with all of a sudden, and he's made a lot of changes to that team that, I don't know, I look at it and sort of say, hard for me to totally figure out what you're doing with the Raiders, John Gruden, and now you've got to give this guy some cash. Yeah, and Khalil's their most consistent player. I mean, he deserves it. I think you're right, Wes, when you say like the 65, it's right below what Von Miller got. But uh, it's interesting because I think back to the Donald Penn deal, the holdout last year that happened. So I'm just wondering when exactly they'll get this done. In other contract news, Aaron Donald, uh, the stud defensive lineman for the Los Angeles Rams, with all these different moves uh, that the Rams have been doing this offseason, I guess there was some thought that, oh, they forgot about Aaron Donald. They, they made, made it very clear Donald's still in the plans. He less need assured reporters last week uh, that a deal had been budgeted and uh, – Appearing on the Monday Morning Quarterback Podcast with Peter King, Sneed acknowledged Donald can make more money than Ndamukong Sue and become the league's highest paid defender of all time. Wes, again, you're, you're like writing this copy, so I'm going to set you up. I think I was the only one working uh, Tuesday when all this was coming through. But, but yeah, I had to go mine for some news. It's and called I, the Kevin Patra role. Yeah, basically. Days, yeah. yeah, make up some news. But I, I was listening to the podcast and heard Les Sneed casually referenced it that uh, Aaron Donald is is on the verge of becoming the highest paid player in football. So the Rams sounds like already have that budgeted in. It's just how much he's going to get paid as the highest paid player or defensive player in football. You go to over the cap, over the cap, and they have about two hundred and sixty thousand dollars in cap room. That is the worst in the NFL right now. Yeah, I if wrote, that's where it is. I wrote about that they have this really long to do list today. And I'm a little confused how confident Snead is that oh we've got it all budgeted. We've, we're going to get it all done. I guess that what it means is they're going to push money into the future and lower their numbers, which is you, you don't want to go crazy doing that because they have Aaron Donald, LaMarcus Joyner, uh, and who else is coming up next year? Brandon Cooks all at one time. And then the year after that, you have Todd Gurley and Marcus Peters and two starting offensive linemen. It's like a lot of people, and they want they've said they're – Pretty confident they're going to sign almost all of them well, long-term. It, they can't all get long-term contracts. Maybe Peters is a guy they wait on for a while. As snug as they are against the cap right now, I've seen multiple places that next year they have very little devoted yeah. to the cap. So, so you can push it. You can push, can push it, it, it in. Yeah. yeah, he's slated to make $6.9 million this year. But, I mean, Sue is making double. He's watching these guys who Talib, like Cooks, the guys that they just brought in. They, obviously, they have to get something you can't, done You quick. can't make him make half as much money as no. a can sue when you're lining up next to him. Just can't. Uh, moving on. Richie Incognito says he's done with football. Uh, it was first reported by the Associated Press on Tuesday uh, that Incognito was going to retire. And then uh, to Vic Carucci, who is plugged in up in Western New York, uh, Incognito had this to say, I'm done, that's it, it's been a long career, went to the doctor, my liver and kidneys are shutting down, the stress is killing me, it's just about doing what's right, he said it in this cadence as well. Mm -hmm. I just want to <laughs> be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, that was a bit of a non sequitur at the end. Uh, which, but... which Hall of Fame? <laughs> Richie Incognito, 
obviously had uh, some Western great New York Hall. Yeah, had some great moments on the field in Buffalo. He became a, a Pro Bowl guy after after all the controversy with Jonathan Martin and Bullygate. Was it Bullygate? Was that what it was, Mark? Essentially. But was that what it was called? I've seen it that way today, even in print. When I okay. when I found this, uh, uh, but uh, kind of a career that eh, you could look at it in different couple different ways. I thought he played well for the Bills, multiple pro bowlers. They also lost Eric Wood, so they have to figure out what and to Cordy do. And Glenn. Right, along their line. They have some issues. But I think he was – he said that it it basically pissed him the F off when the Bills asked him to take a pay cut. But then on top of it, this kidney liver thing, he basically said that he's been eating so much high-carbohydrate, high-protein food nonstop for years that the internal body is shutting down. And it's like, enough. Maybe start to round out the diet just a bit and become a nicer Richie. <laughs> I wonder if that's a. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like that's a that, that I guess makes sense, but I I haven't heard that before with these big beefy guys. You see, uh, look at uh, our friend uh, Sean O'Hara, perfect example. When he was in the giant with the Giants, he was a beefy lineman, and then within eighteen months of retiring, uh, he was skinnier than most people at this office, and you see how the diet changes. I wonder if that's something that's kind of under the radar. People don't talk about the damage it does. One of the guys actually that works in the studio, one of the audio guys, he used to play offensive lineman and he showed, and I didn't believe him based on the way that he looks now. And he showed me a picture of what he looked like when he played. And he was like, it was so hard to keep the weight on. It was so difficult. All I just had to eat all the time. Oh, I hate him. I didn't. So you consider <laughs> consider Sean O'Hara a friend? Like Colleen's worked with him and stuff. But did I say friend? Said, yeah. yeah, our friend. We had a great. Never, we have had a couple friend. great chats with him. Remember so, when yeah, we did the? Uh, oh, yeah, I have talked to the Pickham Show and talked with Sean O'Hara. for I have been. Your answer, Greg, is yes. He's my best friend. <laughs> Football is family, Greg. Come on. But I don't know. I, I don't know. This is. I don't want to give Richie Incognito too much you know, airtime or like a career retrospective. Cause I think this seems like some strange financial thing that he's going to wind up playing. Anyways, Florio, my old boss at pro football tech wrote an article that he refused to take the pay cut initially. And then he signed a new deal. And now he's actually in theory going to have to give back $2.15 million to the bills because of this new contract he signed. Whereas if he had just said, no, I'm retiring or I'm, I'm just cut me a couple weeks ago, he wouldn't have had to pay back all that money. So- and I saw Sports Illustrated said that Incognito was strongly considering retiring but might return for a final season in 2018 at the right price. Right, and he just fired his – come on. Seems a little scattered. Seems like a guy you can take him at his word. <laughs> LaShawn McCoy had this to say uh, on Instagram – Wait, wait, no! Wood and you? Listen, 1,500 yards, I'll give you 300K, cash. My favorite white boy ever, can't retire. <laughs> LOL. Laugh out loud. Love you, dog. Is that the cadence he said it is? Yes. There we go. Two peas in a creep pod. <laughs> I mean, Greg, you, you put it well on Twitter yesterday. So There, there was a little bit of a, you know, cuddly... Uh, memories of the Richie Incognito experience, but yeah, well, yeah, there, there was this whole sort of post Bullygate, like, oh, he's not such a bad guy. He's actually really hilarious if you get to know him, and, and just the 
I think people forget not just the Jonathan Martin stuff, but I retweeted something from Pablo Torre at ESPN of all the stuff he did to this Japanese trainer that that it was involved. Oh, it was in terrible. And it was oh, like God. it was a creep. If Let's, you're not the one who's the right. object of his derision, I'm sure he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. If you're in on the joke. Right, he sounds like a bully. Yeah. Right, he's, he's, he's hilarious, <laughs> like that a bully. meathead guy, like sophomore year of high school. Yeah, yeah that guy was so a, funny. That guy was a riot working at the gas station now. Give me a break. <laughs> oh my God. Greg just went there with the gas station. I'm going to be an adult. You're going to be working at a gas station. Maybe. No offense to any of our listeners who are no. working at gas stations. Uh, yes, it's very you important to have petrol. You need it. <laughs> petrol. Cameron Meredith is bound for New Orleans, according to Mark Sessler on NFL.com, because the Bears have opted not to match the two-year $10 million offer sheet. Uh, the restricted free agent wide receiver signed last week with the Saints, that per rap sheet. Uh, so he is heading to the Bayou. Uh, Meredith was a very productive player last season. Uh, 66 catches, almost 900 yards, four touchdowns, uh, but tore his ACL. That was in 2016, excuse me, but then tore his ACL uh, last August, uh, so wiped out his season. Uh, good pickup for the Saints. He's going to do some damage down there in the bayou, right, Mark? I, I think it probably means bad news for Willie Sneed, who was hanging out there as an RFA that they extended an offer to, and it's like you got Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn, I like Tommy Lee Lewis a little bit too, and then you throw you throw in Meredith. It's clearly they didn't pay him five million plus guaranteed to have him be, you know, a total fringe add-on. So I think he's got a role there. I don't know how the Saints can be confident of who this guy is. I know he impressed a lot of people down the stretch in 2016 before he tore his ACL. That was in a lost season with the rest of the receivers injured, so he was targeted at a higher rate than he will ever be targeted in New Orleans. So I don't know who he is coming off the injury, and with those stats in Chicago are kind of inflated. Well, they have Curtis Johnson, the old Tulane coach, who also was nice. Cameron Meredith's receivers coach in Chicago. So I think he was pushing for this move. He he supposedly kind of saved Meredith's career in Chicago. And you're right, he's not going to get that many targets, but I can see him having a specific role that they've used for other receivers in this offense Brandon Coleman, a little bit of some of their deep threats like Devery Henderson. I know Ted Ginn does that. A lot of money to be paying for Brandon Coleman. Right. A better, a much, much better version of him. Although he had a ton of targets, like he was a guy, I think, did we do making the leap? We didn't even do it last year, but I, I remember going watch, back and watching him. Like I loved Cameron Meredith from the end of that season. He looked like a, a special difference maker type of player. And from the Bears' point of view, they just signed Allen Robinson, who's also coming off an ACL. But they, I think the wide receiver position for them now becomes a, an immediate area of need in terms of the draft. I mean, they had money. They could have kept him if they wanted to. So to Wes's point, I wonder behind the scenes how confident they are about him well, raging back yeah. health-wise. They've spent a lot. Gabriel, Robinson. So that would have been... Kevin White's a wild Kevin, card. Yeah, they've spent a lot of money there. Connie, you're in the Good Morning Football family. I am, just uh, Monday. Well, and Saturdays. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Cordero <laughs> Patterson was on Good Morning Football mm. on Wednesday. Uh, he is now a member of the Patriots. I don't know if, Mark, you went to Europe. Maybe you're a little behind. But Patterson, now a member of the Pats. I, I caught that. <laughs> Um, Roto World, the app, which is wonderful, still works overseas. Pretty sure that happened a little well home- before. Well it did happen before, before I yeah. left. Just you know, there's a lot. Of, you know, but I appreciate the fact that you're correct that a lot of stuff I don't know what's happening at all. I'm I just learned, sort of on the fly here. Isn't it? Especially once you have kids, the brain is kind of like 
or dogs, Akani. Yeah. The brain is like a, a hard My drive. Dog Mark with a C. <laughs> the brain is like a hard drive, and sometimes to make room, stuff's got to go. You take on all these memories, hanging out, partying with Rex and everybody, maybe. Cordero Patterson, Patterson news, nothing. probably the first thing to go. <laughs> anyway, Patterson uh, had hit, had this to say when the topic of Marquette King came up. Of course, the Raiders punter that was dumped unceremoniously by John Gruden and then signed with the uh, Broncos, said he wanted revenge. And uh, also, Marquette King had this to say, the people that work at the Broncos encourage you to be yourself. Well... That led to Bruce Irvin of the Raiders uh, asking to play punt return uh, on that team when he uh, when they when the Raiders played at Broncos, assumedly uh, to kill Marquette King or maim him somehow. And now Cordell Patterson had this to say on Good Morning Football. People didn't like him though. He was just like too much. He yeah, he was like kind of like a diva, but he wasn't like he he really ain't show it that much, but like. He was just, he was crazy, man. He had fun, though. You know, I, I respect him as a person, but he just, he did things a little different. I liked how it started. People didn't like him. He was kind of a diva and then ends with, I respect him as a person. <laughs> yeah. I feel like diva is one of those things you're either all in or you're not. You can't be kind of a diva, but not. I guess that's what he's saying. And maybe that, when you only go halfway, you just come off as kind of, I guess, mm. a dunce. I don't well, know. remember when. Go get some wine, man. Remember when Brandon Lloyd got released because he was a locker room weirdo? Yes. Not that he was a locker room lawyer. He was just a locker room weirdo. It sounds like Marquette King's got a little bit of that in him. You can't have that from a punter. Brandon Lloyd, the first player that Dan interviewed here at NFL.com some years ago. Wow, Uh, really? Yes, the first one. And he told me about this this hamburger that would be his favorite hamburger to have ever. Mm. Don't look it up in the archives. Definitely not worth it. He was definitely – he was promoting, though, B. Lloyd's rap album. I mean, before (laughs) Le'Veon Bell came (laughs) along, B. Lloyd had some bars. Yeah. I mean, he had it. He had it streaming on his website. This is like 2009, wow. 2010, high quality. Eleven. He, he was do. He was doing it and just get, having that out there. You know, he was ahead of the game. He's a trailblazer. And soon, <laughs> soon, Le'Veon's uh, album will join Brandon Lloyd's album on the bargain rack at your local thrift store. Is Ray Lewis's album there? You? Ray's album, I think, got shelved <laughs> by Jesus himself. Like Jesus, is like bro, can't have nah, it. Uh, it never released. Can't Did have it. Even, it. Was it released? Can't do it. Gone. Did you break any news, Colleen, I'm sorry, on, on Monday on your Good Morning Football appearance? Break any news? Like this Corderell Patterson type of uh, situation. Ouch. Um, I mean, just like what was wow. No, Greg, I moment? don't think I did. Thanks <laughs> that, for that, reminding that me. Point. Whatever. <laughs> oh, God. Right. On a country club dig? But a little neat. It's just such a serene setting. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say that uh, Chris, my friend Kristen, yes. you guys all know, yes, yes. Um, she used to work with me there. That's how we met. At and Buck Hill? Yeah. Uh, no. Or for at, the Poconos the, Tourism. The production company that did this. <laughs> and so we will still like get drunk and pull up these YouTube videos oh, and watch great. them. Oh, no. Well, now many listeners will be doing the same. <laughs> so have fun, everybody. Uh, Unfortunately, there's only three of them that I could find. Mm. Mm. Three might be enough. If we contact the Poconos Tourism Board, maybe they have some things in the archives that we could dig through. You never know. Yeah. They have like their own version of NFL films. Uh, <laughs> with just all Connie Fox, early right. Connie Fox. 75 clowns will be on your front lawn tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is how you know that news is fairly slow ahead of the draft. Uh, headline NFL.com, and I saw them playing this up pretty hardcore. I think there was even a photo gallery that went live on our site. Is NFL's color rush era in danger of <laughs> fading away? You guys ready for this? 
You guys ready? Lay it on us. A little color that's, rush? It's uh, annoying to me. A source informed of the situation told Mikey Garofolo that the uniforms aren't going away completely, but they might no longer be exclusive to Thursday night games. So is it in danger of fate? I'm confused. Uh, I'm reading this for the first time. There are some additional <laughs> changes that could be coming to the NFL uniform policy as well, Mikey said. All modifications would have to be approved by the spring meetings. Well, so you're a man that tends to not mess with this type of stuff or be interested in it, so I'm curious. Have any thoughts on color? <laughs> so let's start with you. <laughs> Picture what like a member of the NCAA committee would think about the color rush uniforms, and that's basically my opinion. Crusty old white man's opinion on color rush. They're, they're hideous, and I'm yeah. glad. I, w- I don't want to see them across many platforms on different days. I want them gone for good. I wish they would do Throwback <laughs> Thursday. I don't understand was, why they would. Be good. That, Thank you with the throwbacks. Yeah, the main news, I think, was from like a Fox executive, which was basically saying they're no longer going to require team. They're not going to do it like every Thursday and all that. I like, I like the color rush. Give me the throwbacks. What? Throwback Thursday is a perfect idea. It's yep. fundamentally amazing. yes. Yep, it's if, perfect. Everybody would love like, that. This week's sign is <laughs> very right here. <laughs> the, this week's sign. Colleen is oh my god. Two drops away from like a mental <laughs> facility. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm sweating right now. I'm really hot. Let's let's hold off so she can do the up to the minute hit, please. Um, yeah, like honestly, how cool would it be if on a like a Thursday night game, Jets Pats. Pats in the old Pat Patriot uniforms, Jets in the green with the 80s like uh, streak of the Jet. Let's have some fun. Let's mix it up. I Well, the, the Browns are trying to tra- like completely redo their uniforms because they are hard on the eyes, no doubt. And they're like, oh, we're going to use next season in any way possible to use old uniforms. And I thought it would maybe be color rushed. Well, you can't take away mm-hmm. options. We can't look at that uniform anymore. Get new stuff in there. Mm-hmm. For all these teams, some of these teams' the uniforms are utter disasters. Like the conversation around this, uh, this story on Tuesday combined with the furor over the draft hats that were released, which got a lot of buzz. (laughs) That was this week's sign that the NFL is king. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a dying sport. But you've got, like, the most two trending topics on Twitter are about, like, uniform and hat changes. Although I would say, like, this two, three-week period leading up to the draft, I wrote about this on my mailbag today, which you could check out, at NFL.com slash Hansis. Ooh. Um, (laughs) Let's – if I took over as, like, the emperor of the NFL – Let's just move the draft up. First week of April. Oh, that would be so This period oh, thank is you. annoying. Thank you. It's needless. It's interminable. Let's no. just move it up. I First week of April. I hate it. I I like the break. I feel like the own, owners' meetings, especially since we went, right. that's like the end of our season. And we need a little We need a little time like to go mm-hmm. to Europe or whatnot. We need a little break. West goes to But you Nashville. just get a longer I've break. Been, yeah. I've been here, but it hasn't been crazy. Get a little calmness, and then the draft will be here soon. If co- coaches won't do it because they'll say half of them haven't even – Checked out these players. If completely. this was well, a debate, Dan just schedule. won. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hideous. This month of just like tearing down <laughs> prospects for no reason. It's it's hideous. Get rid of it. I Move can't the draft deal up. with any more mock drafts. I don't want to see them. I don't care oh, what your God. mock draft is. And I didn't Get say. Get rid of it. I didn't say commissioner. I said emperor. So basically yeah. it would be like the draft is now April 2nd. Figure out your oh. Just figure it out. Also, emperors don't have to debate. Right. They're just emperors right. by fiat. Well, I think if you really look at the trends going on in the world right now, a lot of authoritarian leaders mm-hmm. taking over, uh, a lot of concern about that. I think you have, you have a chance, Dan. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. The climate is right. Like, How about this? You go combine. You're a man right? for your time. Combine wraps on what? Usually like a Tuesday? Yep. Draft that Thursday. 
Hmm. Listen, yeah. get your act together. Hey, you want to be a great team? Figure it out over a 48-hour yeah. period, which players you like from the Combine. It's just one 10-day event, and then everyone's done with it. And how about see, you in, see you in August. The yeah. owners' meetings that you refer to? We don't need them. Cancel them. That's not necessary. It's don't need those. Send me the swag. The free swag. <laughs> the bag of, the bag of the goods bag of we need. But the owners' meetings could be a conference call on a quiet Tuesday. You should definitely run for emperor. <laughs> There's no running. It just or, gets stalled. Yeah. Or just raise well, your own you, uh, military and, and win. Right. You have to do it within the system. It's like like in Hungary. you know. And then eventually, suddenly, you're the only right. option that they can vote for. And it's like, hey, I'm a democratically elected yeah. uh, leader. I got 100% of the vote. Yeah. Mm. I just want to see the minute. campaign, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what's happening in the news. Okay. Okay. Uh, now it's time. Uh, uh, to open up a press conference, uh, Mark Sessler uh, at the podium, back from his USO trip. Um, Mark, the floor is yours. First question, who's got one? Okay, I got, I got one here. Um, Mark, I saw a lot of pictures of you on social media where you were at dinner and you were drinking and it looked like you were having a good time. What was the most bizarre conversation you had with anyone? Woof. The last night, some definitely some conversations got bizarre and a little off the record. But I, I, I don't know about bizarre, but ta- listening to Rex Ryan talk for like 20 or 30 minutes where he gets fired up about something, and it's some stuff that I would have to tell you over beers myself. Rex Ryan is an mm. incredible chatter. He had like he mesmerized a table of like five or six people where they were just like staring at him as he was on a riff. He's very good at that. I got a question. Yes. Um, Mark, Rex, in that recorded message that you sent to us, which was well done there, great reporting, um, did you pick up, did you sense, did he have any conversations where he really got into how much he misses being a coach and how serious he may be about returning to the game? I think yeah, he's, boy. Yeah, he's, he's, said a co- he's been a coach for 30 years, and I think it's hard for him. Came from a coaching family. I got the sense that he does miss it. I think he said that to you guys directly in that message, and that came across a couple times. Wes. Considering your creative <laughs> proclivities as a drinker like we have to and wait. Rex Ryan's volatile nature, was there anything that happened that had the potential, didn't obviously happen, had the potential to sort of blow up into mm. an international incident? Mm. Uh, there was a lot of, I would say, you know, off, off when the day, the workday was done, when you go from one place to the next, which happened a couple times, um, the, the conversing with people in the streets, because you're walking around with like five or six human giants. I mean, Rex Ryan is huge himself, and Rex Ryan is noticeable, and so constantly getting stopped. No incidents, though. They were all, um, I thought as the night went on, they got more pleasant to each of these. Oh, I, I was more referring to whether you were. Oh, no, no. I, no, 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 because I. <laughs> and he my, rants about how his, you know, he loved the media a little too much back in 2013. No, no, we got, I, I, remember I, that did, I made it, no, I made it very, I made it, put a check on myself to keep my act together the best I could. The governor. Until the, very wow. end, until the very end. <laughs> Mark, Mark. All right. Uh, Dan, Greg. Greg. What is this, first grade? You call on people? I mean, this is not a problem. I don't know how it works. You. Uh, well, tell us more. <laughs> about that last night that's what I want. uh well the last night we went into um, wait wait you're supposed yeah. to use use the jargon say talk about talk about last no, night. I don't, yeah. <laughs> talk about that last night Mark. last night we went we were finished and it had been a long week and these guys especially having to sort of they were almost like everywhere they went people wanted to take photos with them have them hold babies have them chat about a million things that i think everyone kind of they did an awesome job and when we got to the end we were kind of free the whole group to 
we had the plane the next morning. You just go out and have fun. We went, we went into Frankfurt, which was like an hour, 40 minutes or so from where we were, and let it rip. It was fantastic. It was a fun time. Talk about... <laughs> Dan, talk about Mark Ingram. Love Mark Ingram. He's just like, all these guys, none of them knew each other. Talk about Mark they, they, None of them knew each other going in, which like by 24 hours in was shocking to me because they were all like kind of ripping on each other and having fun the way that... We would if we went out and hung out. Mark Ingram especially, I just think has... I was told before, and he's really going to be like the like a fun element of this, and it never ended. And it has. it's one thing, the little stuff that we sent out, but him just in general was had people rolling. They're all funny, though. He was he was easily one of the most entertaining people I've been around. Mm. Who was who another under-the-radar one? Under-the-radar? Well, like Latavius Murray's funny. I think all of them, though. Carlos Dunlap is is a quieter guy, but an awesome dude. Like, they're all... They were... They, they got a good group. None of them were boring. They were all kind of like taking their turns, dropping bombs. So, uh, Colleen. Hi, hi. Colleen Wolf from, Colleen Wolf. from Buck Hill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you share any appetizers with anyone? That was, I think I, I had to recover early on because when I kind of mentioned that I was a vegetarian at the first restaurant, Ooh. I think everyone's just like, Please, who is this guy? <laughs> and they are, and these guys can eat, man. They're ordering like if, like a, a appetizers, then a main dinner, and then like a giant fish would come by that they'd carve up and all. Like they they can eat and they need they that's something, part of their off season. Something so. tells me you weren't giving like Carlos Dunlap the derisive uh, mocking, you know, <laughs> no, I comments about that. how much meat that he was eating. I, I wasn't mentioning that. Kept that no. quiet. It's like, oh, you guys eating your cow intestines? <laughs> I did Nobody not. Got that type that, of, that, I kept a lid on that stuff uh, thoroughly. Yeah, I'll go west. Uh, knowing in the past you're a bit of a free-range traveler, you like to go off on your own and explore. Was there any like little place in Germany or Italy that became a favorite of yours? Well, we were on the move nonstop, and so I didn't actually personally. I think these guys who are armed with a little bit more cash uh, than I am and a little bit more wherewithal. A little like, bit more. Yeah, they they went off on some some little voyages, but not not so much what, for me. What were you doing during that time then? Like when they were on voyages, like what? What, sleeping. What is Mark Sessler doing? What is it? Inquest? No, Greg's, yeah, just, Greg's the guy that's sleeping right on the no, railing. No, I'm curious. Keeps, no, no, I, it was. They didn't leave at four in the afternoon. They would leave. I, like, I'm getting. Late the, at night. I'm getting answers. Yeah, there were other people <laughs> hanging out with us too. Damn. Did you meet any podcast fans? You know, I did not. I thought that especially on, in Germany. Italy. I thought in well, I don't know about Italy, but I thought in Germany that 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 we would, but. Um, no, and cl- it was clear that he- it was clear that the players and Rex Ryan also had literally no concept of our podcast going in either. So it was uh, quite a footprint. <laughs> two, two more for Mark. Two more for Mark. One more for Mark. Ger- Germany or Italy? Germany. If you have to go back, I would move to Germany tonight. All right, he's got to go. Would guys. you do it again? Yes, he's I will gotta do go, it again. guys. He's got to go. I have a quick one. Yeah, sure. Did you meet any Browns? This fans? is by this is the side like the you si- get like the, beat the sidebar. Um, no. I don't think I did the entire time. They somehow, like a ton of Saints fans, it was all pretty NFC South heavy group of players. And those people maybe were the ones that were wearing their jerseys and stuff, but I didn't meet any. I think people that when you leave the country, you probably leave the Browns behind mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> That's shocking because I know they have like crazy Browns backers bars all over the country. Right. I don't, yeah, I was. Those have all shuddered. I, <laughs> you're right. You're right. So, no, it didn't happen. Wow. All right. Good, uh, good presser. And I am looking forward to the over drinks conversation, Mark. That is the one. That is the one where I really feel like we're going to. Wow. Yeah. Well, so, you're, so you're that guarded. You're like uh, you're well, out of like respect for his new uh, I mean, I wasn't there as like some sort of 
heat-seeking football information right. man. And right. I, I don't want to tear that up now. So, <laughs> Shout out to Germany. My dad was born there. My brother is strangely a citizen of Germany. Whoa. Hmm. Also, my family is from Wesleyan, Germany. Right, That's right well, down the road from Marx. And I did ask West. I found I'm out that we were, we were like some of, the, some of the people that you know, drove my family out of the country. That's true. <laughs> well, the that's, Germans. Yeah, that's, <laughs> well, I was we were about an hour take from to get there. where you grew up with. Uh, <laughs> the history oh, is very okay. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. <laughs> this will be the most important draft like ever. Guys, we need to talk about Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Six foot three, 220 pounds, grandson of Dick Hammer, a former Marlboro man and a former Olympian. His name is Sam Darnold, and he could go in the top three. He could go number one. He can go maybe number four. Probably not. But it's wide open with Sam Darnold, uh, who is the USC quarterback uh, that about a year ago, Mark, and... Hopeless Jets fans, scam for Sam and all that. He was the guy that was the clear-cut number one, it seemed. Uh, But now it's less clear. Mark, before we get Josh Norris on the phone, I just want to touch base with you, get a temperature check, because if you go back to the Sam Darnold Pro Day, uh, there was a lot of reports out there that Jimmy Haslam was having dinner with the parents and the entire Browns organization had gone to USC and it seemed in that moment that this was going to be a done deal. But now again, there seems to be some murkiness. Do you want Sam Darnold to be their first pick? Josh Allen is getting more buzz right now, but for me, I like they, I trust they have like 80 people on their payroll scouting this, get the right guy, please. You've drafted 12 quarterbacks in the, in this millennium and it's all been, so you don't care who they, play. I honestly, cause I mean, you know, right. I trust them to get it right. Just really? don't, just don't get it wrong. Yeah, it's I don't have a. Like per- Mark's been out watching. I, I'm not film scouting these guys, these guys but you don't have a preference. Like you don't in your mind. You're not like I. I would like. Well, Josh to Allen, if nothing else, is gonna be more controversial and certainly not as popular a pick with the media. Does that does that impact you at all? I mean, I think if he's if if five weeks into him playing and he's good, it's gonna shut everyone up. I just get the right guy, please. Okay, so speaking of Josh Norris. Of Roto World of NBC Sports, he joins us now on the line. Uh, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast, Josh. Hello, beautiful people. How are you? Wow, <laughs> I don't know if I that's like ever that. happened before. Ooh, that was, that was a good. nice way yeah. to start the conversation. He's clearly never, you know, seen video of the of the show. <laughs> Greg, you're beating yourself up a lot today. Just, just accept the Greg corner. is down on his own looks, but I think Greg is a pretty debonair looking guy. Wow, that's how he really? got. That's how he got the nickname, Cute Boy. Cute Boy. Now we're all feeling wow. good about ourselves. Josh. Hey, Josh, good to see you. Where are you from, man? Like, I'm here so- to do that for people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh is a. What, what would be the title? The draft uh, analyst. What is no, your? I'm, I'm a guy who watches football and, and talks about it. Hmm. Really. And that's the guy that we want because. Uh, <laughs> Full disclosure, Josh, we are not college experts, so we wanted to bring one in, and we're going to go through each of the quarterbacks that are getting the most buzz leading up to April 26. And I guess a good way to start is what is your overall feeling on uh, Sam Darnold, who has been positively connected to an Andrew Luck-type talent? Is he that type of guy to you, or much less than that, or maybe more? I would say less. Um, look, Andrew Luck coming out of school was about as easy as a, an evaluation as you could find, right? Um, Sam Darnold's kind of all over the place. 
if you look and really when you talk about evaluating quarterbacks, it kind of starts from the bottom and then you work up. Um, like his footwork is all over the place. Sometimes his feet are pointing in completely different directions. Uh, his base is not balanced at all. Uh, but with that said, his arm is an absolute cannon and completely compensates for a lot of his, you know, mechanical and technical deficiencies. I'm, I'm no coach. I don't subscribe to, to mechanical Twitter, okay? But I, I just know that he looks it's dangerous out there in mechanical Twitter. <laughs> playing the quarterback position than a lot of others. But once that ball leaves his hand, it is beautiful. So, again, he's a super young quarterback as well, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But I would not, not put him in the same tier as Andrew Luck. He's got the mechanics issues. He's got a history of turnovers. Um, he's got the history of USC quarterbacks working against him. Uh, obviously a talented guy, but why specifically is he ra- – he seems to be rated higher uh, in the minds of most people than Josh Rosen. Why is that? Yeah, I'm not sure if I can tell you uh, because I, I have Josh Rosen as, as the number one quarterback in this class, but if I were to put myself in that position, um, look, I don't know Josh Rosen at all, and I'm sure you guys have covered this topic a lot. But for some reason, there's like this narrative out there that he might not get along with everyone. Um, look, Wes, you know, two people might meet you and they'll obviously have a different opinion. Of- not everyone likes Wes. No. That's not. not <laughs> I've had death threats. <laughs> Maybe that was the wrong example. To uh, but but again, with Sam Darnold, we go back to it. Right. If he starts in week one, which he won't, if he goes to the Browns or any other team, really, then he'll be the youngest player ever to do so at quarterback. Isn't wow. that crazy? That is um, crazy. But but there are, as you mentioned, I mean, he, he turned the football over or put it on the ground like 25 times, 12 fumbles, 13 interceptions. He only lost nine of those fumbles, but still putting it on the ground is what matters. But it, it's, it's one of those pieces of clay that a team thinks that they can coach up, right, believing in your own coaches. And I, I guess I could see that he has a higher ceiling than a Josh Rosen, who is a what-you-see-is-what-you-get type play-in and play-out. Um, meanwhile, Darnold is kind of all over the place um, and creates some big, big plays out of absolutely nothing because he does combine mobility with a, a cannon for an arm. You don't even have him in the top 20. So you don't think Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold are close by that you know, evaluation. R- Rosen is your number one player. I'm looking at your big board on rotoworld.com. People can check it out. And Darnold is your number two quarterback, but you have him 21 overall, kind of in a cluster with Mayfield and, and Lamar Jackson. So that's putting Rosen on a totally different level. I'm guessing is that you just think Darnold has a much bigger sort of boom bust potential. And just to give it a little more context with Josh, once you get to 21 on Josh's big board, you don't even get a blurb anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's pretty harsh. Was that Damn, just like Donald hey, doesn't oh, get a blurb? Oh, oh, oh. That, that's that's calling me out for my work and my work ethic. <laughs> that will change very soon. No, what what happened there is with Josh Rosen. What I see on the field, I don't necessarily see a fatal flaw to his game. Sure, off of it and with the injuries, with the concussions, the shoulder there might be, but I, I don't know those things. I don't have a lab coat, right? I'm not a doctor when I go home at night. With, with, with Sam Darnold, there are fatal flaws potentially to his game, okay? And it, it all comes from his base and his tendency to turn the football over because if he kind of continues on this path of being reckless with the football and if his mechanics and his technique kind of 
allow him to be put into poor situations, there's only so much, again, that your arm can do. It was able to do it in college. And so I'm not saying completely overhaul him. It's, it's honestly, guys, a very similar evaluation to me, like with Patrick Mahomes coming out of school last year. I'm not sure if that's a comparison you'll hear a lot. But you remember with Mahomes, he was, you know, uh, termed or compared to, to Brett Favre. It's kind of this gunslinger mentality who you, you might have to reel in. I'm not sure you have to reel Sam Darnold in as much as, as you need to work around his flaws and his tendencies. Um, because, again, I, I don't think even as hard as you work, you can completely change a, a, the mechanics of a quarterback. I guess I'd ask because John Dorsey was attached to the Chiefs front office that traded up for Mahomes. And from what Correct. little you know about Dorsey, I mean, who do you think that he actually likes here? Is he going to is – is this Josh Allen buzz of late – does that have more credence than Sam Darnold, or is it, is it all – are they maybe quietly looking at Rosen behind all of this, and there's a lot of nonsense out there trying to get someone to trade up? I, I really think it comes down to two names, and it comes down to Josh Allen, and it comes down to Sam Darnold. I mean, you guys know how quickly things can change in a week, right? Like after Sam Darnold's pro day, it was basically written in permanent marker by you know three prestigious draft analysts that he was going to be the number one pick. Meanwhile, in the past couple of days, it's been Josh Allen. Uh, I have no idea, and I have no idea why, though, the Browns might lie in this scenario, because since you're at the number one pick and everyone knows right. you're going to take a quarterback, you select the one that's number one on your board, and you just go from there. Um, but, yeah, from, from his background with drafting Patrick Mahomes and moving up for Patrick Mahomes, either of these quarterbacks makes sense, but I easily, easily prefer Sam Darnold over Josh Allen. Josh, have you noticed his like his throwing motion that he has? He has like a little bit of a looping throwing motion. Have you noticed any of that on tape? And, and how do you think that that will sort of translate? Yeah, you know where it pops up more often is these fumbles, right? Like since he kind of drops it below his waist, it will get knocked out in the pocket. And absolutely how he carries his, his carriage in terms of where he moves the football as he's moving around in the pocket. Um you know what? His motion might be elongated, but I would say his release is quick. Um, yeah, and as much as people might want to change that like they did with Tebow, really the only person I've ever seen change their throwing motion is Aaron Rodgers. Maybe you guys can correct me on that. But, and that took, what, multi-years of work? And just with quarterbacks now, we don't see them wait and sit that long. So I, I'm not one who thinks he has to change that because, again – once the ball leaves his hands, the velocity and the placement and the accuracy he puts on it at really every level of the field, it compensates for that kind of loopy, windy throwing motion. Um, I would be much more concerned with his feet that really are like hands on a clock and pointing in completely different directions. Yikes. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen in the quarterback. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised you're not uh, higher on him, Josh, just because it, it sure seems like he shows some of the things that you can't teach, not just that he can create plays like – like an Andrew Luck, but that he anticipates, you know, that he that he goes through his reads pretty quickly. Like guys in the NFL yeah. don't do that. And what what I've seen from him is that he he can do that. He reminds me of Jameis Winston coming out a little bit. Not that I watched Jameis Winston a ton in college, but because of the turnovers, which maybe is just something that is part of your game and it's still part of Jameis Winston's, but it's that those are things that you kind of can't teach. And it seemed to me like the, the USC receivers kind of killed Sam Darnold that they They did, did. they did him no favors and he probably would have had a much better season if not for them. 
you're absolutely right. And I actually, a few months ago, recorded a podcast with Matt Waldman, who we talked about Jameis Winston in reference to Sam Darnold. Um, and it's, it, what's interesting with Jameis, though, Greg, and I'm sure all of you can touch on this, what Dirk Cutter is trying to do with him is reel him in a little bit, right? Like they're trying to prevent him from making these mistakes and wanting, wanting him to be more of a game manager rather than kind of riding the wave with him, right? Like you know he might tank you on a few drives, make some awful mistakes, but at the same time he's going to hit some home runs, some big-time throws that other quarterbacks won't. And Sam Darnold, as you said, is exactly the same. Um, this year, he, as we talked about, he was much more turnover-prone and there are other instances where he acts completely poised, that he sits inside of structure, looks off that first read that's not there, and anticipates a crossing route over the middle. But then other times in that first read is not there, he just completely drops his eyes and moves around. Again, we're talking about a super young quarterback who makes mistakes, and hopefully those mistakes um, aren't, aren't compounded and added on to. And instead, he can kind of just learn from them and just go to the next snap. Do you think this was a guy... Uh, Darnold, and he's not even going to be 21 until June, that could have used another year in college? Or do you think these same problems probably would have followed him to the draft next season? Yeah, I mean, at some point, there's only so much coaching you can get at the college level. I mean, what's interesting with Darnold is his process is so different even from high school than a Josh Rosen, right? And if we can talk about them coming out of the same state, Josh Rosen was the top high school recruit coming out of college. Meanwhile, I believe, and I'm not big into high school recruiting, but Sam Darnold is, was like a three-star recruit. And actually, guys, played linebacker, I believe, until his junior year of wow. high school. So it's, it's not like he's spent, again, a long time at this position. He reminds me a lot of Tony Romo, again, and how he moves. And Matt Waldman used this term, but he has like a get-or-done mentality at the quarterback position. All these things can go crazy. And again, it's, it's probably because he hasn't spent a lot of time at quarterback, but once it leaves his hands, it's beautiful. Hey, he's just a linebacker playing quarterback. He's a football player. Right. <laughs> We're going to hear that. But that that's How good. come nobody's that's, coming that's after, you know, Lamar Jackson catching heat? How come nobody's coming after Darnold that he should be a <laughs> linebacker? Like, what's that about? I will say this, guys. There is actually a linebacker slash quarterback prospect in this class. His Ooh. name is Ooh. Joel Lanning out of Iowa State and was listed at both positions, but he's just bad at both, so we don't need Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Ouch. Sorry, Joe. Uh, Sam Darnold and, and Josh, uh, Dan here. I'm a, a Jets fan, and I was all excited the last 48 hours or so uh, where I was like, oh, you know, Darnold could be slipping to three, and the Jets might, it might fall to the Jets' laps. And now you got me all freaking out about this. I can't get comfortable about anything. Bring on oh, the draft. Uh, here we go. You know, Jordan Rodnan is a great beat writer for the Giants, and he says – if Sam Darnold is on the board, he'll be the pick at number two. Again, we don't know anything, but it seems like if hmm. Darnold's the pick or on the board, he, he, the Giants will select him. So maybe you won't even have a chance. Yeah, I, I would actually be celebrating more that you won't have to draft Josh Allen. Okay. Hmm. So Interesting. And did you know? I'll help, Josh. I know you're incredibly knowledgeable, but did you know that Sam Darnold's granddad is Dick Hammer? Bet you didn't. I thought you were going to say Jack Nicholas. Because we've been down that road. Uh, All right. Josh Norris, you uh, killed it. Not surprising. Uh, Check out Josh's work. Uh, Follow him on Twitter, at Josh Norris. His stuff on Road World, including that big big board. Uh, Maybe. maybe With more than 20 names. With more than 20 (laughs) names. Uh, Check it out because there aren't many more knowledgeable people in this realm than Mm. Josh. So thank you for coming on the show, buddy. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.
All right, there you go. I, I'm legitimately – that spooked me. I was getting excited about Darnold, and now I'm really? like, ah. I, I have this, this sense that it's going to be Darnold to the Jets, too. Not that we have any idea. That I mean, he you think he, fall, he would fall past the yeah. Giants? Because there's now there's whispers out there that the, that the Giants and Bills sure. potentially have a, a deal Who in knows? place. Who knows? And the well, there's also out there that the Giants, are they loved their visit with Chubb. I mean, that's why the Emperor's got to come in and move this up, man. You, right. Can't take this anymore. What about Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen, wouldn't you want him? I would li- I would like him. I just don't think the Jets are going. I think it's going to be Darnold or Mayfield. That's just my my gut feeling on this. I think as we go through yeah. this with each of the quarterbacks, though, you're not going to get freaked by each of them. But none of them are pristine perfection. Right. And so when we get Rosen to, might be though. Well, he it's might just be this other yeah. stuff that is, is being thrown. I don't mind the all. I I'm tired of like oh a football player actually is smart. Like a ton of these football players are incredibly intelligent. Yeah. Lay off to Rosen, but none of these guys are the automatic number one pick. Oh, Mark, this is scary. End of the Josh Allen thing. That's gonna spook you. I think the Jets, man, you're gonna go get you're gonna go get Chubb. But I, I <laughs> Yeah, that's what you need. That'll be the ridiculous. You're a little spooked about this Josh Allen stuff, aren't you? I'm spooked by essentially everything the Browns I was, do. I, 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 it's it's in, in my bloodstream I was at this on, point to be freaked out. Will Brinson, a friend of the show, was on his Pick 6 podcast, and we were talking about the one guy, and I don't know college football well, but the one guy that would really scare me was Josh Allen, just yes. because yeah. everyone's saying boomer bust, boomer bust, and I just drafted Hackenberg two years ago. So it's like, give me the other three guys. I don't even want to deal with the stress of hoping Josh Allen can play play the game. When you know. go through 1-0 and, oh and 16, there's no – it doesn't matter anymore. Just <laughs> Let's just like, fly on. I, let's I, see what happens. Darnold We're see- still not buying him. <laughs> I just can't believe Saquon <laughs> is not, like, not an automatic – like top pick. I feel like the Bradley mm. Chubb stuff coming out of the Giants is just a smokescreen. So the the Browns automatically go quarterback first. Mm. Uh, right. Coming up on Friday, by the way. So that's part one of our quarterback draft quarterback uh, breakdown. Uh, there was a really tremendous piece on e- in ESPN, the magazine uh, profile Q and a Q&A with uh, Josh Rosen of UCLA. Sam Alipore wrote it and Sam will be on the show on Friday uh, to talk about that, which uh, Wes, did you read the, did you get around to that? I did read it. Uh, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, it was. And I thought it was interesting how Sam uh, clearly was kind of on a, a good wave, wavelength with Rosen and, and got a lot of good stuff out of him. So we could talk to Sam about that conversation as it moves on. Yeah. And, and no offense to Mark for the comments you made a minute ago, but, but a lot of people on, on Twitter yesterday were saying that, you know, there's other smart football players. I, I don't know if I've ever heard or read a football player as smart as Josh. I, my point would be he that is I don't. So different. I, 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 I get that. I just think that it's it. Uh, we 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 struggle with the idea that football players are also incredibly creative, intelligent people, and there are other football players that have come along that have been free thinkers. Oh, like absolutely. also, I don't think that Josh you know, Rosen is a smart guy. He he is. He I don't know. I'm not going to go. I just think that let's lay off the idea that he's. A you know astrophysicist playing football. He's a smart, independent thinker, and that should be welcomed, not not create so much chaos. He's he's a curious thinker, and I think what gets most people is he's authentic. He says what he's what's on his mind, and that's rare in 21st century big time sports where all the money is. And he's a millennial. Oof. Do not forget yep. that. I mean, he's going to be playing against other millennials. I don't know, oh, bro. This whole draft class. He's a super millennial. I feel like all this whole draft class. <laughs> they're all millennials. They're all millennials. Um, okay. So, yeah, we'll be back on Friday talking about Josh Rosen and anything else that's going on in the world of the National Football League. Connie? 
I'm excited to listen. Did it again. Thank you. Yeah. See you the next. history Bye. is very rich here. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> <Wednesday. you>, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> see you next Wednesday. Yeah, Maybe? we'll see. Yes, we'll no, see. So? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Stan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, The Mailman, Connie Fox, The Old Boss. Thank you to Josh Norris. And, of course, to Lindsay Fulton behind the glass. Till Friday. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.